Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. While you're standing, go with me to the book of uh, Jonah, chapter 1. Jonah, chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, great. If not, we'll throw it up on the screen for you. And uh, if you're struggling to find it, it's in between Obadiah and Micah. I'm not sure if that really helps, uh, but I mean, it's a very small section in the Word of God. Jonah, chapter 1. How many of you basically know the story of Jonah? Like, you pretty much know the story about Jonah. It's a I mean, a lot of people do, and a lot of people, you know, we're talking about a guy who doesn't do what God told him to do, and God puts him in the belly of a a great fish, and uh, he lights a candle, and the well throws him up. Wait, that's Pinocchio. It's, uh, we kind of muddy, the stories are a little muddy together, but um, what we are going to do this morning is we're going to look at a story that a lot of people consider to be kind of a kid's story to hear about a Sunday, you know, you hear about it in a Sunday school lesson. But the truth is, this, this is the story of this reluctant prophet. And, and Jonah, I believe, is going to really speak to your lives. It spoke, it's spoken to me, and it, I believe it can really, if we'll listen this morning, I believe it can really speak to us. So let's start today in Jonah chapter 1 and verse number 1. The Bible says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And in verse three, though, we see Jonah's, we see Jonah's unfortunate response. Scripture says this, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port and After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. He was a man on the run. And that's what I want to talk about just for the next few moments, this from the book of Jonah, the story of a runner, the story of a runner. So let's look at the the meaning behind a few of the words and if you're taking notes, great, but uh, if not, that's okay. First of all, Jonah, he's called, he's called by many as the reluctant prophet. He was, a, he was a prophet of God that often did what was right, but in this particular story, we're going to find where he didn't, he didn't obey God at all. His name, his name actually means dove. Everybody say dove, dove not Doug, Dove. And so he was called the Dove or the peaceful one who who ended up disobeying God and now now is known as the reluctant prophet. And so he was the son of Amittai. Amittai actually means truth, which is pretty good if you're a prophet, you know, to be known as the son of truth. And then we have Nineveh. Nineveh rises up in the story. Nineveh was the city that he was commanded to go and preached to. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, and and Nineveh was Israel's, without a doubt, their absolute foremost worst enemy. Israel hated the Ninevites, and you'll see why as we go on into our study this morning, but I want to look at verse 1 again, and as we do, and as we start to look at this story, I believe that God may show you, He's going to show us that we all have a little bit of Jonah inside of us. 
there's a runner in us. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1 says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, good news is that the word of the Lord will come. Amen. The good news is that the word of the Lord will come. It's going to come to you today. You know why? You know how I know that? Because we serve a speaking God. Whenever God created, he said, let there be, and there was. He created with the spoken word. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You jump down, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God is a speaking God. God created an Adam and Eve because he wanted to love and be loved. He wanted to speak. The Bible lets us know that he spoke with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day in the garden. He is a speaking God. There are many that say, well, I don't hear from God. I struggle with hearing the voice of God. I struggle with hearing God. Let me just tell you, this is his word, and it is living, and it is active. The Bible says it is sharper than any two-edged sword. This is the word of God that pierces. It is a truth that is living. How many are thankful for the word of God that we are able to have and open up here this morning? The word of the Lord will come to you, and God will speak to some of you. He'll speak to some of you in a very specific word. His word oftentimes will be to change something, to move in a new direction, to be obedient to what he says to you. And at that time, you will have a choice. You can do what God wants you to do, and that is to be obedient to his word, or you can do what Jonah did and say, I don't want to be obedient to you, but the word of the Lord will come to you. That's the good news. The challenging news for many people is this. When God comes to you, he will often ask you to do some things that you don't want to do. <laughs> and the reason we don't want to do them a lot of times is because we really like to believe that we know what is best. We like to believe, we really like to believe that we know we like to try to convince ourselves that we really know what is better. For example, help me out this morning. What is better, chocolate or vanilla? Who would say chocolate? Hands up. All right, hands down. Who would say, no, vanilla is the better way? Some of you voted twice. That is not, not fair. <laughs> what is this? Some people like in the back are like, no, well, strawberry is better, Bryce. Get out of here. Not when we're talking about chocolate. Come on, somebody. We like to think that we know what is, what is best. And then sometimes someone, we need someone in authority or someone with more knowledge that will tell us, hey, what, what to do. And, 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 and maybe somebody does come along and somebody that has authority, somebody that has knowledge, and they tell you, the right way, and they tell you something, and they tell you, hey, what is best? And there are some that says, nope, I don't want to do that. I don't really feel that way. No, that's, that's not. I know what is best. And I, the image that comes to my mind when I think about this is people who travel. Any travelers in the house today? 
Like, I like to travel. I like to go on vacation. But you see videos of people that, that get outside of their element, that get outside of their zip code, and all of a sudden, they're out on vacation somewhere, and you see them on these crazy videos, like walking up to baby bears that are just roaming around in, in nature, and they're, like, getting their cell phone out, and they're, like, taking selfies with the bear and stuff. And you need somebody to come along and say, you need to get out of here quickly because where a baby bear is, there's also what? A mama bear, right? But people are like, no, I know what's best, and I know, I know, I think I know how fast I can run. You don't know how fast a bear is, and you do not want to get in a race with a bear. I can tell you that. In Gatlinburg, you see bears and stuff like that. Thankfully, you know, they just stick to the garbage, but, uh, and, and not my ankles. But, you know, you don't want, a lot of times, we feel like we know what is best, and we there are a lot of times we don't want to obey when somebody, when authority, when somebody actually knows better. There are a lot of times we're just like, no, nah, I'll stick to my own ingenuity. I'll stick to my own thinking. There are a lot of times on the spiritual level where we don't want to obey the word of the Lord when it comes to us. This is the context of Jonah. And we actually see this take place in verse two. Here's the command. God says to him, go to the great city of Nineveh, and I want you to preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, some of, you might, some of you might wonder, okay, well, Jonah, Bryce Jonah is a prophet, and, and that's what he does. He, 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 this is what he should do. He preaches God's word, so why didn't, he, why didn't he? It just makes sense, right? Why didn't he just obey this very simple assignment? Well, when you understand the history of Nineveh or the Syrian empire, you understand a little more why he hated them. The Syrian empire of which Nineveh was the capital city, whenever it was rumored that the Assyrians would be attacking somebody, they were so brutal in, in, in the way that they would handle the, their captives. They would torture them so badly that occasionally when it was rumored that the Assyrians were going to be attacking, sometimes a whole town of people would just commit suicide. Whenever they would just hear that the Assyrians were coming, a whole town on occasion would commit suicide because they would rather die that way than experience what was coming. That's how feared the Assyrian Empire was. They were hated, and I'll spare you the graphic details of how destructive and violent they were. Torture is the only way I really know how to describe it, but even that doesn't do it justice for what the Assyrians did to those people. And so when you know that, maybe you have a little bit more mercy for Jonah when he said, I don't want to go there. I, I hate those people. I don't I mean, it, it could have been that he had a relative or he had a friend or someone who had actually experienced all of those horrible torturous things that were going on, and he despised those people for it. And, and God said, I want you to do something. And in his mind, he had legitimate reasons why he didn't want to obey God. And, and maybe, you can, maybe you can relate. The word of the Lord will come to some of you, and you will hear specifically from God, this is what you should do, and you think to yourself, you're impressed by the Word of God, and you know this is what I should do, but in your mind, you may think, okay, I understand, God, that that's what you want me to do, but I don't want to do it. 
I don't want to have anything to do with it. Perhaps you can relate in different ways. Maybe someone has wronged you. Maybe someone has hurt you or some, you know, someone that you love and the word of the Lord comes to you and the word of the Lord for you is to forgive that person and to forgive them as you have been forgiven. And you look and you go, nope, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. They, they, they don't deserve it. They, I don't feel like forgiving them. I know that that's what God wants me to do, but I don't want to do it. The word of the Lord will come to you. This is what you're supposed to do. This is the way. And at that moment, you have a choice. A lot of people say, well, I, I know that's what God says, but, but I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I don't care what God says, and I want to do this, and this way is better. I know what's best. Don't really care what God says. That's the Jonah inside of us. That's the Jonah inside of us all. Maybe the word of the Lord has come to you and you thought, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't want to do that now. I'll do it later. I'll get to it later. I'll do it. I'll do it at another time. I'll get to it later. Remember this. Remember this. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. It's kind of like that parenting technique of teaching your kids, you know, Hey, stop that. Don't do that. Don't make me come over there. I'm don't don't I'm gonna count. One, two, two and a half, two and three quarters. Don't make me come on. I'm gonna say three. What is that? What are we doing? We are teaching delayed obedience. Don't run out in the street. Don't don't get on the street. One, two, splat. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I heard this one time, and I really like it. Um, pastor said this. He said, the mark, the mark of maturity is lag time. Lag time. He said, you can tell the maturity of a person between the distance of the command of God and the obedience. He said, if the distance is short, they are mature. And if the distance is long, it is immaturity. And we... We, as a church, we have to be so careful that we do not become a body of people that there is a long distance of lag time, if obedience at all. Amen? Amen. The word of the Lord will come to you. He'll often tell you to do some things that you don't want to do. Jonah said, I don't want to go there. I don't have anything to do. I, I don't want anything to do with those people. I hate those people. They make me angry. I'm, I'm upset with them. The word of the Lord will come to you, and oftentimes God will ask you to do something you don't want to do. Here's another thought. Here's another thought. Remember this. God will speak to you, and he may tell you to do something you don't want to do. And whenever God speaks to you, whenever God speaks to you, hear me, you can always find a boat that is sailing in the other direction. You can always find a ship that is moving in the wrong way. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You say, hey, I want to obey God, Bryce. I want to do what he's called me to do. And all of a sudden, someone, someone in your BC days, someone before Christ, some, some old friend comes up to you and, 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 and they're like, hey, don't go this way. You want to come this way. Let's, let's, go, let's go do this and let's go do that. And let's, let's go back to the way it used to be. Watch how it happens here in Jonah. God says, I want you to preach to the Ninevites. Verse 3, Scripture says this, but Jonah ran away from the Lord. 
then headed for Tarshish. Then he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish. Why did he sail to Tarshish again? He wanted to run from God. What did God say? God's basically like, Jonah, I want you to go east to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, ah, I'm, I'm going to go west to Tarshish. And boy, was that a trip. You know how far? 2,500 miles away was his target destination. That's how far it was. 2,500 miles. One commentary said it would, be, it would take a whole year to sail from where he was to where he was going. A year. That is a lot of running. That is a lot of fleeing. Some of you right now, you can, you can relate. You may be sitting next to someone who thinks that you're absolutely on track, but you know in your heart that you've been running and you're a long way from God. The word of the Lord will come to you. Here's what I want you to do. Here's where I want you to go. And somewhere along the way, months, weeks, or years back, you said no. That's not what I'm going to do. I don't want that. I don't want to go that. I don't want to go that way. God, I, 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 I know what you're saying. I know what you want, but I don't want to obey you. There are some of you, you've been on the run for a very long time. And you think, <laughs> we think sometimes we can just, we can get away with it. We can, we can just run from it. But you need to understand, you can run for a while, but you can't run forever. You cannot run forever because it will ultimately catch up to you. Maybe you, okay, you may be like, Chris, I'm not on the run. Maybe you're not on the run. Maybe you're not on the run as much as you are just drifting. Just drifting. You're just drifting. Drifting. I, for those of you ever been out to the ocean and just on a, on a tube or anything like that and just ride off and just walk out and, and there, that, the tide will slowly just begin to take you out. And I remember, you know, my first experience with the ocean and just out there and just not really just kind of like laying back on the tube, just like looking up at the sky. The sky never changes, but where I was, that was changing drastically. All of a sudden you look up like, where's our house? Where's the family? Like, you know, you start to have these just images of lost at sea and Gilligan's Island, so to speak. And you're like, is this a... Like, I don't even know, like, Gilligan's Island reference, where did that come from? But, you know, you didn't really realize how far out you were drifting. And some of you, you may be able to relate because maybe months or years ago, you were really close to God, you know? And you know what I'm talking about. You know, you maybe you had those those that relationship with God where you were praying and God was answering your prayers, man. And for a moment, you thought, oh, what a, man, that was a coincidence that I prayed. And God, listen, there aren't any coincidences. These are God things. When you pray and, and, and the, the miracle happens or the doors open, that's not a coincidence, friend. These are, these are God things. Amen. These are God things. That's all right. But there was that, 
there was that time in your life and God would prompt you to do something or say something. And, and so you did it or you said it and then he would bless you and you were like, whoa, this is amazing. This God is awesome. And, and, and there was that time that you would go to church and you'd be like, God's speaking to me. It's like, it's like I'm the only one in the room here today. Like God is, God is speaking to me. And you'd have those divine appointments in your walk where, where with people where you're like, you know, I'm, I'm with somebody and I think I'm supposed to say this to him and, 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 and you said it and it really helped and it made a difference. There was that time in your walk. And then one day you just missed the service and, and, and one service turned into two and two turned into a month and, and all of a sudden you think, oh, I'm doing okay. Like I, I feel like I'm doing okay, but you, 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 put, your, you put the Bible down and you stop, you stop reading it and then you don't, you don't you didn't pray as much as you used to anymore and you didn't all of a sudden you didn't see as many god activities in your life and then one day it's like you get up and you it's like how how did i get this far from god how did i get this far it wasn't so much that you were running as as much as it was you were drifting from him when we disobey the commands of God intentionally or even unintentionally, we are drifting. And hear me, you never drift in the right direction. You're separating yourselves from him. That's the Jonah in all of us. It's the story of a, a runner. The word of the Lord will come to you, make no mistake about it, and it, it may not be what you want to hear. And when you... When you run, you can always find a boat that is sailing in the wrong direction. Some of you are on the run right now. And next, this next thought might speak to you. When you're on the run and doing the wrong thing, God, God might send a storm to grab your attention. Verse 4, Jonah was on the run, and Scripture says this, Then the Lord, he, then the Lord, he sent a great wind, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Now, one thing you got to remember is this ship was full of sailors that were transporting cargo. And so this wasn't just, you know, just the little toy boat out there. This was a, this was a strong ship. This was such a, and, and this was such a great wind that we we're talking about. You can only imagine just the boom, just all of a sudden, and the boat just going all over the place, and everybody's screaming, you know, for help. God, we, we, what are we going to do? We've never seen a storm like this before, so much so that the Bible talks about how the integrity of the ship was at, at risk, and they're starting to say, whose fault is this? What's going on? And they, they drew straws, and they did this little casting lots, and they say, well, it's Jonah's fault, and they said, who are you? And what did you do to bring this on? And verse 8 reveals the answer. Jonah answered them and said, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. Does anybody else read that and just wonder? Jonah said, you just said, what? I, I, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord God of heaven. You, really? You do? Hmm. Because at this point, it doesn't really look like that. 
Are you really worshiping the Lord God of heaven? He said, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. And this terrified them. And they asked, what in the world have you done? Because they knew he was running from God. The storm blows up, and all of a sudden, he starts bringing up the God talk. If you ask me what are the biggest problems with, the, with the, uh, the, the American church today, what are the biggest problems? I'm not sure that I, I, I know every single one of them, but beyond a shadow of a doubt, what I would say one of the problems is, is we've got a generation of people who call themselves followers of Christ but do not live like it at all. There's no distinction between them and the person that lives next door who knows nothing of Christ. It's a cultural Christianity. It's a Christianity in name only. It's a consumer religion. It's, well, as long as God, you know, as long as God does some good things, you know, then I'll, uh, yeah, I go to church every now and then and, and or something and you know, hopefully I get to go to heaven. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm a good person. You know, hopefully I make it. Uh, you know, if I get this promotion at work, you know, that's going to be good. And, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you know, give in the offering. And then, you know, if I get sick, then I'll go to him and I'll pray for my healing. Or if somebody I love is sick, then I'll, then I'll go to the church and I'll ask God to heal him. But there's nothing on their daily life that resembles the teachings of Jesus in Scripture. Oh, I worship God, do you? Do you? Jonah's like, I I'm a Hebrew. I, I worship the Lord of heaven. Do you, Jonah? I mean, and you know this as well as I do. Just because you're in church does not mean you worship God. Worshiping God is not something that you do for an hour a week. It's a lifestyle. It, I, I mean, forgive me if this comes across as harsh, but I think there are many that if you took the time to think about things and assess your life, I think there are many that would come to the conclusion, conclusion that this isn't pleasing to God. That my, my walk, my, my life isn't pleasing to God. There are some, if we were truly honest with ourselves, we would, we would assess this is halfway, this is lukewarm, this is cultural Christianity, uh, a cultural Christianity thing. And yeah, we know God says it, but I don't want to do it. You say you worship God, do you really? Do you really? The sails are, the, the wind is blowing, the storm is, is getting wilder and wilder. It's a, it's a giant storm, and Jonah finally realizes it's me. It's, it's my fault. And I hope by the help of the Holy Ghost today that some of you arrive at that spot where you realize you're, you know, you're going you're gonna to think and, and say, this is, it, it's me. Because there are a lot of times people will just continue on down the road. Well, what I'm doing, you know, my, my private rebellion, it's not hurting anybody. Trust me, just give it some time. Just give it some time. Don't kid yourself. If it hasn't hurt somebody yet, just give it time. You realize 
I hope you realize, Jonah realized, this is my fault. I'm hurting all these innocent people by my disobedience to God. He finally owns up to it. And you can see it in verse 12. I'm going to ask for music to come. You can see it in verse 12 if you're following along. He's like, okay, guys, I'm sorry. Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become what? Calm. This whole storm, guys, that's, it's, it's my fault. He said this, that, that, that this great storm has come upon you. So the sailors, they're, 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 they're trying to have mercy on him they, because they really care about him even though they don't really know him that well. And they said, you know, we're not going to do that to you. So they decide, let's throw off the cargo. Let's, let's, let's throw off the, uh, uh, what's on the boat. You got This was the thing. That was, this was their livelihood. Let's throw it off the boat. Let's get rid of it. We're going to get rid of everything and try to save you. And guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work. And so they thought, oh, let's roll back to shore. I think maybe we can just roll back to shore. No, that didn't work either. And finally, it's like, okay, we're all going to die unless I throw you, unless we throw you off. And so they said, God, forgive us. We're sorry. We don't want to do this to Jonah. Jonah, we're sorry. And they throw him overboard, and the sea goes calm. <laughs> then something unbelievably bad in our human mind happens. If you know the story, he got swallowed up by a big fish. Some say, well, it's debatable. Bible says a great fish, right? Here's another thought for you. Jonah's worst nightmare was exactly what he needed. His worst nightmare was exactly what he needed. Verses 15, 16, and 17 tells the story. They took Jonah, they threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and they made vows to him. Verse 17, watch this. But the Lord provided a great fish. But the Lord provided. What, what did God do? The Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. The Lord provided the fish. And what Jonah would see as his worst possible scenario, God provided. Some of you right now, you may be facing what you would consider as your worst nightmare. And I, it, it could be in a, in a different on a, on a different level, uh, realm of things, financially, spiritually, relationally, whatever it is, you may, you may feel like this is, the, this is the worst nightmare here. What I am involved in here, this is the worst nightmare. You may, you, and you may look at your situation and be like, I'm done, it's over. And God may say, okay, now do I have your attention? Do I have your attention now? Now, what I am not going to say and advocate for is that I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that everything that bad happens is God causing it in your life because I don't, I don't believe that is true. 
but I do believe with everything in me that there are times where God may cause or God may allow what we would consider is our worst nightmare so that he can get our full attention. Stand with me, if you will. I know some of your stories. I know some of your testimonies. I know some of the trials that some of you have been through, some of your worst nightmare experiences. I know some of the roads that some of you all have traveled on. And I've watched as God has turned it for your good and your life has been making an impact on other people. While you were running, while you were trying to flee from God, God turned it around and God spoke to you. The word of the Lord came to you and he changed your life and he's using that for his glory to make an impact to others. The word of the Lord will come to you and you have a choice, obey or disobey. When God speaks to you, you can always find a, a, a ship that is headed in the wrong direction. If you do not obey, he may send a storm to grab your attention, and if that doesn't get it, he might just allow you to face your worst nightmare. And what I want to end with is just for you to understand that if that happens, please understand it is all because he loves you. It is all because he loves you and he has something for you to do. He has a city or a group of people for you to impact. But you have a choice. You keep running or you come back to him. And I pray, my prayer is you come back. Don't stop running, just turn around. Run to him. Run to him. Run to him. Would you bow your head? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.